0: Welcome back to Outside the Box Podcast. I'm sports reporter Joey Wagner, or sports editor Justin Kahn, and Okol Valley baseball coach Andrew Hagerman. First of all, 16-0. Uh, 14. 14.
1: No, 13. 13. 13. 13 right now, yeah. 13-0. and 0.
0: Well, yeah. that's wrong. So 13-0. <laughs> how, how have you done this, given that so many games early in the season have been rained out? It seems like there's so much room for a slip-up when you haven't been on the field, but yeah. you guys haven't had that yet.
1: Well, we didn't take any days off. I mean, even if we had to be inside... Uh, in the cages or, or rolling grounders in the gym or whatever, we uh, you know, I told them early in the year this team's too good to take a day off, so we're gonna you know get after it even if it's snowing out or whatever. Um, our field's pretty resilient too, so we've been able to. I think we were outside probably more than just about anybody the first two weeks before the game started, and so we were we were ready. But you could tell the last uh, last couple games that we weren't uh, you know we weren't able to get out and throw the ball around you know at the distances that you pl- throw in a game, so we were a little off you know, in pregame just taking grounders and, you know, throwing the ball across the diamond just because we'd been doing it in a tiny little gym. (laughs) So uh, we're getting back on track, and what we need right now is just games and playing games we've done well. But, um, you know, the fast start early was was a little bit easy because we were playing like two games a week if we were lucky, so I got to throw whoever I wanted whenever I wanted and, uh, you know, put the ideal lineups out there every time. This week's a little different. So far, five games in a row. Um, you know, you're really watching pitch counts. Um, you know, tonight we go play Effingham. I could throw anybody I wanted, but we've got two big conference games Monday, Wednesday. So you know, you can't you can't just run them out there and and. Uh, you know then show up next week a little bit light, so yeah. it's it, there's a lot of math that goes on when you coach it and when you're thinking about conference versus non conference. And we're lucky enough this year to have you know eight or ten kids that can take
2: the mound and, and give you good yeah. three strikes, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. You know, the, the pitch count thing has really changed, you yeah. know, the, the game. You know, I, don't, I guess especially you know, in a small school, too. And we'll talk a little bit more about some of the challenges that you have coaching at small schools, but you know, um. As far as the pitch count, how has it affected things? Um, it's it's uh,
1: I'll say this: it gives a team like us a big advantage because we've got so many kids uh, that, that can pitch. Um, I think it, it's an advi- it's a bigger disadvantage to the smaller schools, usually like ourselves. Like if you look at what we're going to throw out there next year, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how we're going to do that. I graduate twelve kids, uh, which is a big, big class. Um, so, you know, you have to you just you have to take your beatings sometime. And understand it's a learning process and develop players along the way, um, but it's I think I think the spirit of the rule is is good. I've, I've uh, coached in a few games. We th- we uh, we played uh, a team near St. Louis three years ago that threw a kid up to 175 pitches, uh-huh. and he was he was still throwing well, but you know that's not good on him, right? Yeah. And and uh, so. It's I, I've always said it was a
2: couple of coaches that ruined it for all of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's it's good for the kids. Do you, so do you feel like the IHSA has it right as far as this goes, or do you think there's there's tweaking that can be done with it? Um, I,
1: I, I think where they've got it's about right, probably. I mean some some guys probably analyze it a little bit more. Um, I think I think some of the stuff's a little harsh where thirty one pitches versus thirty pitches means you can't throw the next day versus yeah. you can, you know, but you got to draw the line. Yeah. Somewhere I took a kid out yesterday. Uh, I went out. He was 26 pitches in, and I wanted him ready for this weekend, or maybe today. And he was he was pitching, and uh, um, there was two outs, and he, and he had three pitches left, right before three or four pitches left. And I said, "I got to take you out here." And he goes, "No, I got this guy." So I left him in, and he he uh, he had a uh, one two count on the kid and. A, threw a curveball in the dirt, and I had to take him out on a two-two uh, count. And uh, everybody knew what was going on. You know, the other coach was laughing and stuff. So it, there's just little things, and you got to have. Here, here's what you got to have: is you got to have good scorekeepers. You got to have guys back behind you on the bench saying, "Hey, he's at 28, he's at 29, he's at he's at 47 or whatever." Because if you're trying to do all that yourself, and, and then you know, uh, align your defense and keep track of your hitters and stuff like that, it's too much. So I've got a couple of dads that are right on top of it for me.
0: Now with the, the pitch count, pitch count, I've seen you know teams that have to go out there, like you said, only it's in the complete game or a no hitter or a one hitter. Have you run into that? And what do you tell the kid when you're going out and having to pull him with an out or two left in a, in a well, gym like that? Well, you
1: got to look at you got you know you get along in the fifth or sixth inning. He gets into the 80s, and the first thing you're starting to think of is who's next, right? And and when they're not batting, they're out there. They got to get warm. They got to get loose. And so I'm saying get loose. And I'm telling whoever it is, hey, you know. You've got 22 pitches left and an inning and a third whatever um, you know I might need to pull you be efficient yeah. you know whatever the case is if it's a two to one game I'm not telling him to be efficient he's still <laughs> you know, now we're still trying to get guys right. out right if you need to miss you know high or low or whatever do it but uh, it, it, I'll, I'll tell you this uh, back in 15 when, when we got to state we had two guys that every game out went went the distance. Mm-hmm. And I can count on one hand how many times it was 105. <laughs> it, was, it was usually 116, 111, yeah. something in there. You know, We never drug them up over 120 or anything like that, maybe one time. But, uh, yeah, 105 uh, for seven innings is, is very efficient. Yeah. So you just don't really expect it, so you're always ready. Yeah. Yeah. That,
0: that kind of segues into my next question perfectly is that team, you, know, you guys had those two guys with Devin and Peyton who mm-hmm. took a lot of the workload on the mound and yeah. innings-wise – what would that run look like in today's pitch count? Would you think you would make it as far as Peoria with? No. Man- no. Okay. no. Uh,
1: not with them. Yeah. Uh, we did have uh, uh, Drew Fructal and Dylan yeah. Park behind yeah. them. So to say that, t- to give you a direct no, that's not fair because yeah. those guys were really good. The next year, I think Drew broke the school record in wins. Both D- Drew and Dylan were under three on their ERAs. So it could be a yes. Um, They were different style pitchers. You know, they pitched a little more contact where Devin and Peyton, you pretty much anticipate a strikeout, you know, two out of three guys, and that helped your defense and and everything like that. So it would have been different, could we have? Yeah. Yeah, we could have. But the way we did it, the way we designed it was was it was going to be them you know, they were going to win it or lose it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And we couldn't do that with the pitch counts today. No, they were always over 105. Yeah. Always.
2: You guys have had some different type of teams that you've had success with. There's been teams that have you've had to really use small ball with, and there's been yeah. some teams where you guys have, have hit a lot of home runs. You know, is that I guess, you know, as a coach, you just kind of go with what, what the talent is as far as your style oh, yeah. goes?
1: 15, uh, every day I got to the ballpark, I just tried to figure out a way to score four or five runs. That's it and a lot of probably half those runs that year were on on steals and bunts and you had two or three guys in the lineup that could drive a baseball you had some punch and judy hitters you know you had some good bunters and you had guys that you just prayed would walk (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this this team uh this year is is 180 it's totally different we've got really good pit we've got really deep pitching but we don't necessarily tanner coleman's been right at the right in line with anybody i've had in terms of, of taking the mound and, and striking guys out and, and, you know, kind of having an alpha mentality. But uh, this year <laughs> we've got, you know, our, our uh, number eight batter hit a home run. Last night uh, the guy that was batting eight has a home run. Our ninth batter is probably one of the most powerful guys in the area. He's got two home runs and batting 480 or something yeah. like that. So uh, we don't, you know, we've tried to bun a couple times this year. And when we, I tried to squeeze the other night and guy threw a pitch about, head high and we missed it and we were out at the plate the more i look at it it's like why why do you bump with these guys but you have to because you know if you do advance you're going to play teams that you're not getting 16 hits off of and, and small ball is going to come into play but totally different makeup uh just about everybody in our order can drive a baseball really well and, and so you just we're a little more american league this year uh, which isn't my style, but I'm, I'm enjoying it.
0: <laughs> Was it. Is it tough to kind of change your style? I mean, what you said it's not your style. What is your style? And pitching which,
1: and defense. So yeah, I like pitching and defense because I feel like you can control that a lot more. Yeah. You know, our our goal as a team is even with the hitting that we have got is throw strikes, make plays. It has nothing to do with hitting, but it, you know it helps when you're getting you know hit, hitting the way that we are. But my focus is still making sure we the guys on the mound are, are executing. And that we got the right guys in the right place in the field to make routine plays. It's all about making routine plays in high school
2: baseball. If you botch those, the other team's going to score. You guys have had, in, in, you know, you look at. We talked about it earlier with small schools. It can be tough to find pitching. You, that's one thing you guys have had in, the, in this run is is quite a few guys who can throw it. And, yeah. and, and and what's been some of the keys to that?
1: Well, you know, we knew. Uh, with Devin and Peyton, they came in as uh, freshmen and they were one two, and they took their beating. And we didn't really have bona fide catchers back then. And they throw kind of crazy stuff. And we were we had an inning one time with five K pass balls in the same <laughs> inning. Yeah, we were going to break the state record in strikeouts in one inning. <laughs> um, and then as uh, when Fritz came in to catch him, all of a sudden they were, well, they, they, that was when they were seniors. But, you know, I think uh, in, in their first year we were we won eight or nine games. In their second year we won 10. And then we won 19 their junior year, and we would have gone a longer way, but we ran into St. Teresa in the regional when they bumped St. T down to one, and I think they had 10 or 12 seniors. They were loaded that year, and they just, they just beat us fair and square, uh, but we knew we were good enough to advance that year. And then the following year, you plug in Fritz as a catcher who can yeah. who can manage that pitching, and uh, that that made those two both a whole lot better. Um, then you gotta really credit Park and Fructal the next year because They threw all year, but they didn't throw in the big games uh, their junior year. They just, they were asked to beat the other teams on the schedule and they did it. Um, But uh, the next year, you know, they got the Argena, they got, they got the Arcola, they got the LSA, they got the big games and they just absolutely took, you know, senior leadership and pitched, you know, really, really well and let us win, you know, go win, what, 25 games or whatever. And we got all the way that year to the. Sectional final, mm-hmm. and we just ran into a buzzsaw of a pitcher and lost four to nothing. When we had to play twice in the same day, over there in, right. in Danville. But uh, um, and, and then now you've got a group of kids that uh, uh, that are seniors, and uh, I'll credit um, they've got dads that had them out playing travel ball since the time they were six, seven, eight years old, and they've always pitched and they've always played baseball, and their IQs extremely high. And you know, people are going to say, "Man, how do you do it? How do you?" Do? I didn't do it. <laughs> you know, these, dad, these dads that had them, had them, uh, you know, driving through McDonald's at five forty-five a.m. on their way to Muhammad to play five games on Saturday when they were seven, eight years old, did it. And uh, so it's just really their turn. And everybody, I think, as as you know, you get past Devin and Peyton and and uh, Drew and Dylan. And into these guys, it's just they want the ball, and it's my turn. They watch these guys; they always talk about, "Oh, remember that? Remember Peyton Slider?" And all, they <laughs> they want to be that guy, and they they step up, and they're not gonna they're not gonna let it be the reason it goes backwards. So I credit the kids and, and their dads.
2: Yeah. Now you've been at Oak Valley since uh, 2007. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, sounds right. Um, where are you from? How did you uh, end up at, at Oak Valley? Well, um, so
1: I was coaching, <laughs> I think 10U ball or something. At the time in, in Bethany and uh, at Oakall Valley, and, and uh, I was, in the summer, I was on a business trip in Toronto, and I got a phone call from the athletic director who I'd never heard of in my life and asked me if I'd like to be interested in coaching high school baseball, which blew my mind because okay. I'd never thought of doing it. Um, Nobody had ever approached me about it. I really enjoyed coaching the, the little kids. And um, I think what might have happened was uh, the, the coach wanted to step down and become the AD, and move on with his career and then realize I got to get someone in here and they just started talking and my, my guess is at the coffee shop uptown someone said well I went to a Tenu game Hagerman. <laughs> Hagerman looks like he knows what he's doing I, I think that's how desperate they were I think they were literally desperate and uh, I was so honored that I said yes I wasn't thinking you know <laughs> I didn't think what it'd do to my day job or anything like that but uh, I took it on and and uh, 11 years later it's been one of the better things I've been a part of my life i mean it's it's really uh challenged me a lot and it's it's a grind you can ask any coach you know the three or four months of the season you're just you know like walking around like a mummy thinking about the next game and next practice (laughs) have
0: you always lived in bethany i mean what did you play baseball growing up i did
1: i did i played before okaw valley you know it was bethany and i played you know my high school career at uh, bethany i played uh two of those years or one under uh dave benning who's the current softball coach at uh, at okaw valley so yep yep i've always been from the area Cool. So 200 plus wins now, right? You, yeah. Yeah. You went over to
2: 200 yeah. win mark this year. It was, congratulations. Thank you. And I mean, did you ever, did you, I mean, when you started, obviously, you didn't think, I'm going to win 200 games here. I mean, that, that has to, I mean, uh, you didn't expect us, i After sure.
1: two years, I was just hoping to get to about 40. <laughs> and I didn't know if I'd ever get there. Um, but, uh, you know, when the wins started piling up, culture changed. We, we got a culture change in place. And Kid, you know, it, I, again, I credit the kids and the guys that coach with me. I've always had fantastic assistant coaches that are catching stuff I don't catch and saying things I don't say. And, and uh, when, when you get uh, the culture of a program to the level where it kind of takes care of itself because the kids don't want it to go backwards, it's autopilot. I mean, you're going to lose games. You're going to have bad days. But in terms of the uh, you don't really have to inspire them because they're self-inspired, right? And then that's when stuff starts piling up. And you have to have the talent, and we've been lucky enough to have a lot of good baseball talent.
2: Now, have you coached any kids that you coached on that ten, ten those ten U teams? Oh that... yeah,
1: Devin and Peyton were on that team. <laughs> okay, and, and uh, Joe Jeffers and and uh, oh several, uh, Drew and Dylan. You know, I coached uh, um, when we lost at state. Uh, Hayden gave a post-game speech, and he said, this is the best team I've been on since our, since our 19-1 and team when we were 12U or something like that. <laughs> we were really good when we were in 12U. But, uh, um, yeah, a lot of those kids. But, um, so when I first started coaching, I, I knew one kid on the whole entire team and as I kept coaching here comes that group yeah. you know and they all knew me and they all knew what I was like and all that and that made things a little bit easier Any time, first second year coach they're still trying to figure you out like what's this guy all about <laughs> is he real do I believe him and and uh, it does help when they know you know know a little bit about you and now when you've had the success kids come into the program and they already they already know hey I need to I need to do the right thing here so
2: yeah. when you're at a small school and you know, and you've had a couple tough years in there, where, where you, like, oh, like you yeah. said, when when, when uh, you guys were younger. But you know, it, it has to be tough to be a consistent winner at a school like that. And what what are some? Of the, and you guys have been pretty good at it.
1: Yeah, um, it, it is. It's when I talk to the other coaches in the, it's the small school blues. You look at you look at. I've right now I've got four catchers. Um, I've gone four or five years without a bona fide catcher uh, of any kind. You're just saying, hey, you seem like you, you you're the toughest kid on the team. You're my catcher this year. Literally, we've done that. And, um, it, you know, next year we're, we've got a couple guys that can do it. But they're not Fritz. <laughs> they're not yeah. Tanner Coleman. But they'll, they'll be able to do it. Um, you know, pitching depth goes away. Uh, hitting depth goes away. And you're just, you know, then you just look at it's a totally different type of coaching. You're looking at coaching improvement every single day, making these guys, you're, you're yeah. rebuilding you hate to ever say rebuilding because then they get the idea that we're not supposed to win, but you're just, you know, just, just like we did in with the, with the 15 group, when they were freshmen and sophomores, we, we knew we weren't going to win every day, but we knew, we knew that by the time they were upperclassmen, we were going to be able to handle it. So you just learn, you get better. You don't worry about the scoreboard. You worry about your execution. And, and that's, you know, so when,
0: when you dip back down, you, you, you don't give up you, you just try to get better every day you mentioned Fritz a few times and, yeah. and this kid's really really good at baseball it's kind of the, yeah. the Paige Robinson deal where down in Bethany maybe people overlook you know certain players and I think he's kind of in that same mold I mean to have a catcher of his I mean he does a lot for you guys oh, I mean, he yeah. makes your job a lot easier doesn't it
1: he? yeah he's uh, he, he's uh, you know the best hitter I've had ever. Um, he's the best defensive. If there's a better defensive catcher in the state, I'd like to go watch him play <laughs> at, at the high school level. I mean, he's, he blocks everything. Uh, he's got a quick release. Uh, he calls an outstanding game. Um, he's, uh, uh, he's dynamic. He goes and plays shortstop when we need one. Um, he's, he's a leader. Uh, yeah, it's. I'm going to try to flunk him this year so that, so that we can get one more year out of him, but I don't know if that's going to fly. Um, but, yeah, you get a guy like that, and, and the great thing about this team is is that everybody, all the opponents, they come in and they ask about Fritz, and they see him, and we, we do our pregame, and, and, and they see him snap the ball around. And, but what what is great about this team is we do that from every position. I mean, we've got guys everywhere that look like – ball players and play like ball players and yeah he's he's definitely the cream of the crop but man he, he'll he'd be the first to tell you we've got a quite a supporting cast of really right. good athletes Absolutely. yeah
2: now um i, I know peyton was it was your, is your son yeah now have you had other sons that played or yeah has, sam's our first baseman right now sam,
1: okay sam and he's uh he was second last year on our team he had over 400 last year this year he's hovering around 400 Um, He's the shortest first baseman in the league, Um, about 5'8", but uh, if you throw it low to him, you're out. He he scoops, digs. He almost prefers balls in the dirt. Um, If you throw it high to him, you're safe. (laughs) Uh, But he's good. He bats two in our order. He's got a good short swing. He's an on-base percentage guy. Um, And then I've got a freshman, Eli, uh, that dresses varsity, Um, still kind of growing. He's a a, a baseball player. Uh, He'll be a shortstop. Um, he's, he's got all the right rhythm, all the right moves, know how, knows how to play the game. He's just, uh, you know, you, you see him uh, in, in
0: the team picture, and you're like, yeah, that, there's a freshman. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> when you, you know, you obviously knew you were going to coach your sons at some yeah. point. Has it been what you thought it would be? Has it been more challenging, less challenging? What's that experience been like?
1: Well, I, I'll be the first to admit, I was, um, and the kids, that will tell you. Kids that were juniors and seniors, when Peyton came in as a freshman, They'd sit and just laugh at practice because I would take out every last frustration right on him, and I was super hard on that kid. And I didn't know I was doing it yeah. until there was uh, one of the kids is like, "Do you do you know how mean you are to him?" They would just laugh because five kids would make a mistake and then he'd make one and he'd get the brunt for all six of them. Right. Um, so by the time he was about a junior, I, I eased up and just let him be him. And by the time he graduated and everything was, everything was copacetic and it was okay. So now with Sam and Eli coming through, I'm, I'm careful to give them their space and realize it's always, it's easier to yell at your kid. Yeah. I don't like yelling at anybody, but it's, it's easy when it's your kid because yeah. you do it at home, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I, it's my adjustment that needed to be made to, to ease up on them, realize they're human, they're kids, and I can't take out all my frustrations on, on them. So, But it's been, I mean, I mean, going to state with your son is, yeah. you, you, you can't, you can't write that in a book. That's that's That was a special thing.
0: Do you think Peyton would come to practice and see how you handle your kid? I mean, where yeah. was this when I was? Yeah, there? I think he actually
1: has. I think, I, think, I think he was. He came to pitch to us last year, and I think Sam kicked the ball at first base, and I think he said something to someone like, man, he's softened up. He, 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 I would have got. I would have been running laps for that.
2: Yeah. Well, this team, you know, obviously is off to a great start, like we mm-hmm. talked about, it, and, and like, like you said, there's a lot of talent there, you know, to make state, what do they have to do? Oh, man, uh, everybody wants
1: to talk about state. And uh, for anybody to make state, it, it requires, first of all, a skill set that, yeah, we, we, we have it. We, we're a team that would, would look fine at state. There's, we wouldn't be out of place. There's so much happenstance that goes into getting to state. First, got to be good. Second, got to have the ball bounce the right way a couple times. When we went to state, we won the two sectional games we won. We, and the super sectional were all one-run games. I think one of them might have been five to three and then a one to nothing and then an eight to seven. I mean, it, <laughs> right? And the kids will tell you that we, and to this day, we think that the two teams we played at State were inferior to the teams we beat in the sectional. You just don't see bad ball clubs at all once you get past that that round. So um, the, what it takes to get to State is, is execution, a little bit of luck, and the right roster. And it's not just being good. If you were just good, you could go ahead. That's why they play the games, right? You could go ahead and say, yep, yeah, we'll put these four teams in there and that'll be a great tournament. But it's not how it happens. Not how it happens at all. And if you look at uh, one thing I learned from is you look at uh, Oakville that beat us in the first game in 15. They came in and, and uh, they were, I think, had a record of 15 and 15. And uh, so we're like, oh man, we're going to the championship because this team's 500. Well, then I found out their schedule was comprised of 90% 2A, 3A, St. Louis area teams, and they were every bit as good as we were. And they beat us. I think we were pretty evenly matched. They beat us in a really, really close game. But um, when you have teams like we've got right now, you try to you try to pump up your schedule a little bit, which is why we're playing Effingham. Uh, we threw Mattoon and Charleston on our schedule this year. Those both got rained out. We got Paris later. Um, but you've got you to challenge yourself, not because you're not good enough to compete with those teams, but because if you... You know, if you get into a sectional game and it's the first time you've seen 85 mile an hour fastball, or it's the first time you've seen an infield that everybody can feel against you, it's it's a little shocking. And now all of a sudden you're on your heels. So you try to pump up your schedule a little bit, but it takes a little bit of luck and it takes a lot of skill.
0: Like my last thing for you is, you, know, you look at records this year. You can almost just say, forget it, because no one's going to have more than you know what. 25 games. I mean, this, yeah. is that hard to do And you know, especially when you're looking at teams that you've just never seen, Yeah, you're just trying to scrounge any bit of information you can find out. Yeah. Is that hard to, to kind of do that when half the games have been rained out and you can't really tell for competition levels? Um, max preps makes it a little easier because I can get on there. Some
1: uh, We don't do it, but some teams <laughs> put their stats on there. So I can go, like we went and played a team uh, from near St. Louis this year and they had every statistic known to man on their max prep so I knew who could steal I knew when a pitcher came in that his ERA was over 12 I knew when they I knew when the race they ran him out there I knew when a kid was batting that had some power stuff so you can you can research for the teams that are kind enough to give you their stats uh, a little bit and then coaches are usually pretty open um, when you talk to them and say hey we've got you know so and so this week you've what do you what'd you see and that you know even conference coaches will tell you yeah we all we all like to gossip
0: so <laughs> you, you can find out usually what you what you need to know so is that like game-changer? You can't, uh, can't see season stats unless it gets approved by... Yeah, I th- <laughs> yeah it's,
1: it's, people are pretty protective uh, of their stats. But, yeah, after a dozen games or so, you can't really hide. I mean, people see box scores. Those are published, so they, they see kind of who's who. And, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it's everything. Andrew, I appreciate it. I know yeah. it's Friday and you've got work and no big problem. game tonight. So thanks a lot for coming in. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Good luck.